Good morning. You may be seated. I am glad to see everybody made it here. This one's a little bit easier, this time change. If you mess it up, then you're just here at church early. The other one, if you mess it up, you'll miss. But, <laughs> but I'm glad to see everyone made it here and knows what time it is, although I imagine most of our stomachs don't know what time it is yet. So, But we'll get there. We'll get, we'll get there. Um, this morning we have a couple of announcements to draw your attention to. Um, mostly with the holidays coming up, there will be no movie night. So um, if you're, you had your calendars marked, um, go ahead and, and make sure that, that you change those and come back January 18th for the movie night. Um, Feed My Sheep is coming up and the date and time are published for you. Um, the other announcement that I need to make is that there will be a, a Staff Parish Relations Committee meeting November 11th. Um, there will also be a finance one coming up the week after that. Um, so keep your eyes tuned to the bulletin. Next week, both those committees will be published um, with their membership. Um, so November 11th, SPRC meeting at 6 p.m. Um, are there any other announcements today? Thank you. Thank you, David. says um, to remind you to go out and vote on Tuesday. Um, and please do do get to the polls. And yes, Linda. But that is something that we need to care for immediately as her as her steward. Okay. Okay. Well, we definitely want to. Well, thank you for bringing that to our attention. Um, and trustees, it sounds like you want the trustees to gather after the service. Um, so trustees, please meet after the service just in this room here so that um, we can settle that. Any other announcements this morning? While we're on this subject, David, has anybody heard the people that's running for clerk of court, what, what they're basing their running on? I know that Daryl Gibson is the uh, incumbent. The other two people that are running, does anybody know about any? any talk to me after church. <laughs> hey, talk to David if you have. Information. If anybody knows anything. Yeah, if you have a good source of information about platforms, talk to David um, so that we can be smart voters, not just not just go to the polls, but go to the polls in with knowledge. Um, well, then, as we begin the service, I wanted to go ahead and let you all know today is All Saints Sunday, as I have been announcing, and so we will celebrate um, and remember those saints who have passed in the last year. We will do that as part of our order of communion, and I just wanted to let you know that ahead of time um, so that you're prepared. All your responses are the same. It'll flow very naturally, uh, but if you have come prepared in your heart to, to honor and to remember some saints of the community and of the faith, um, that is when we will be, be naming them. Um, well, with that, will you please stand and we will open the service of worship um, in song as we sing Shine, Jesus, Shine. Um, and bring your energy. This is a real fun one. <laughs>
and let us go to the Lord in prayer. God of Elijah, with great fire you made your presence known to the worshipers of Baal. Help us to resist the temptation to place our trust and faith in anything other than you. Receive our worship and strengthen our faith. Amen. And I will ask you all to remain standing um, because our choir will not be singing today, but rather you will. Um, so we continue our worship and song. Lord, we give you thanks and praise this beautiful Sunday morning. We come to you and we offer up praises, Lord, from, from the depths of our hearts, prayers, Lord, um, in the deepest parts of our soul. Um, we offer to you ourselves, not just words on a page, um, not just lyrics out of a hymn book, Lord, um, but our, our very selves and all of our love. As part of that offering, Lord, we come to you now to present our gifts. We ask that you would bless and multiply what, what we give you, that it would be used for the work of your kingdom. Um, Father, bless those who have to give and those who do not, Lord, that we may be built up um, together as one body um, with one Lord. We pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated.
Be seated. As we come to the time where we lift up praises before the Lord, I would like to ask, does someone have a praise to lift up today? I know every single one of us got an extra hour of sleep. No, we didn't? All right. So some of us stayed up and worked an extra hour instead, but most of us got an extra hour of sleep. So I feel like we should have more energy today. Maybe this will help. Maybe this will help. <laughs> Yes, we do. We thank God for each and every one of us who can be here, knowing that the weather and, and illness and, and chronic pain keeps so many of our friends and our family home. So thank God for each and every one of us who can come out today. Other praises to offer up before the Lord. Praise God for the community of believers. Praise God for the beauty of creation. I told David, Eric and I took a, took a Sabbath yesterday, so I am indeed practicing what I was preaching over the summer um, and got out and did some fishing, and God made a beautiful creation, amen? So he is a wonderful creator. Yeah, Eric and I both, we did some catch and release, but I, I, I caught the big bass, so... Eric unhooked it and everything and threw it back and did all the rest, hooked, hooked all the bait and everything. Up at my parents' place, they have, yeah. Yeah, Claytor Lake, so. Um, so praise God, praise God that he made a wonderful world. Are there other praises we lift up today? Amen. <laughs> amen, amen, for the blessings of the earth and all the others. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? Just like I was thinking again about the rain, where a couple weeks ago I was so thankful for the rain, and now I'm over it again, but... But thank God for the rain still. It comes as a blessing, the early and the late rain. Hmm? It, is, it is still beautiful. Yeah, so praise God for everything in his season. Well, I will read those names that we have listed and then ask you for others that we lift up in prayer. Melanie Patterson, Neil Coleman, Jack Arthurs, Bobby Scarce, Charles, Kevin, Julia Hedrick, Pat Hancock, Tara Morlock, Landa James, Barbara James, Brentley Scarce, Kat Dodson, the Sullivan family, and for world peace. I'll add to this um, Gail Garrison and, and Viola Sparks as well. Are there others that we lift up? Yes. We lift up Paula. And Linda George, thank you. And Elizabeth and her daughter as well has been um, struggling with her health. Uh, her daughter Betty, if we would keep her in prayer as well. For Ruby Blair and for your sister. Um, No, but thank you for lifting her up. Um, we'll be praying for Karen this week. Mm -hmm. Be praying for Pat as well. Yeah, not just Neil, but to be praying for Pat as well. What's their family's name? Gibson. Paul Gibson. We're praying for the Gibson family. 
so for the George family as well. Okay, well, we'll be praying for them. So far, a beautiful day to be driving. But What do you know his name? Brentley. I'll be praying for Brentley, um, who has been in the hospital with with MRSA. Mm-hmm. Vicky Johnson and Dolly as well. Yeah, we'll be praying for her. Um, okay. Pray for traveling mercies to the two of you and. And that you enjoy your trip. Are there others that we lift up? Well, let us go to the Lord in prayer. Mighty God, we give you praise this morning for the so many blessings that you have given us. We thank you that we are able to gather here to worship your holy name. Um, Lord, it is a blessing to be called uh, a child of God. Um, It is a blessing to know you as as Father and as Savior um, and as Lord. Um, We thank you for the love that you show us, for your mercy, um, for your grace. We thank you for your guiding hand in our lives, God, even when when we're not aware, Lord, um, or even when we take for granted the many gifts you've given us. Um, We ask that you would open our eyes and help us to see ever more your presence in our lives, ever more your love for us. Um, and how, how even the very creation um, sings songs of, of your love and, and testifies to your goodness. Father, we um, do confess today that um, we have not been your obedient people that you have called us to be. Um, and we ask that you would, would forgive us, Lord, that you would heal us and restore in us your image, that you would make us into the men and the women that you have called us to be and that you are ever shaping us towards. Um, Father, we pray also for the men and women that we have named before you today. Um, Lord, it seems in this season and at this time of year, um, the need for your healing is ever more present. Um, we're coming into the season, God, where we are um, awaiting Christmas. Uh, we're getting there and thinking there, um, and, and that season of waiting reminds us um, how we are waiting on you every day. So, Father, um, we pray that you would give us grace and give those that we have named before you today, give us grace to wait um, in peace, to wait in strength, to wait in hope because we know that your presence will be made clear. We know that your will will be done um, for us and for these we have named. And so we pray for just that. Father, will your will be made clear, will your strength be known, and will your truth prevail? We pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Our first scripture reading today comes once again from the book of 1 Kings. Um, chapter 18, verses 17 through 39. Um, we will be reading about the prophet Elijah today. Um, and the second reading comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 20, or just verse, singular. Chapter 6, verse 24. Um, but beginning in 1 Kings, chapter 18, verse 17. When Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said to him, Is it you, you troubler of Israel? He answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you have, and your father's house, because you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and followed the Baals. Now therefore have all Israel assembled for me at Mount Carmel, with the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asher, who eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent to all the Israelites and assembled the prophets at Mount Carmel. Elijah then came near to the people. And said, how long will you go limping with two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is, then follow him. The people did not answer him a word. Then Elijah said to the people, 
I, even I only, am left a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets number 450. Let two bulls be given to us. Let them choose one bull for themselves, cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood and put no fire to it. I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood, but put no fire to it. Then you call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord. The God who answers by fire is indeed God. All the people answered, well spoken. Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose for yourselves one bull, prepare it first, for you are many. Then call on the name of your God, but put no fire to it. So they took the bull that was given to them, prepared it, and called on the name of Baal from morning until noon, crying, O Baal, answer us. But there was no voice and no answer. They limped about the altar that they had made. At noon, Elijah mocked them, saying, Cry aloud. Surely he is a god. Either he is meditating or he's wandered away or he's on a journey or perhaps he's asleep and must be awakened. Then they cried aloud, and as was their custom, they cut themselves with swords and lances until blood gushed over them. As midday passed, they raved on until the time of the offering of the oblation, but there was no voice, no answer, and no response. Then Elijah said to all the people, come closer to me, and all the people came closer to him. First, he repaired the altar of the Lord that had been thrown down. Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be your name. With the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord. Then he made a trench around the altar, large enough to contain two measures of seed. Next, he put wood in order. He said, fill four jars with water and pour it on the burnt offering and on the wood. Then he said, do it a second time, and they did it a second time. And again, he said, do it a third time, and they did it a third time. So that the water ran all around the altar and filled the trench also with water. At the time of the offering of the oblation, the prophet Elijah came near and said, O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel that I am your servant, and that I have done all these things at your bidding. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, so that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have turned their hearts back. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering, the wood, the stones, and the dust, and even licked up the water that was in the trench. When all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord indeed is God. The Lord indeed is God. Amen. The second reading comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 25. No one can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and wealth. This is the word of God for you and me, the people of God. Will you pray with me? Lord, we ask that your presence would be here just as clearly as you were present with Elijah in front of the people of Israel and all the prophets of the idols. Be present with us, Lord, and let your fire fall afresh among us. Let our hearts be renewed, and Lord, may we today confess and worship that the Lord alone is God. Pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So while most of us have probably read this story a few times, unlike last week's, right? Last week was totally out of left field. Um, we know this story. But there is a little bit going on in the background um, that we don't often read, we don't often know about. And so since we were last in Israel with Rehoboam and with Jeroboam, there is, once again, a new king. His name is King Ahab. But like Rehoboam and Jeroboam, the kingdom is divided, and Ahab is only king over the ten northern tribes. Notably, in this time in Israel, there's not just a king, 
there is a queen. Ahab marries a beautiful foreign woman, and her name is Jezebel. But there's a problem with their marriage. And that, many of you know, is that Jezebel is a no-good woman. She brings with her all of her foreign idols. She brings with her all that worship. And because she is queen, her influence spreads over all of the northern tribes of Israel. And soon, idols are being worshipped all throughout the country. We remember last week that idolatry had already begun, right? They had already made golden calves and set them up, so the people's hearts were ready to commit idolatry. And Jezebel comes in and provides them with the idols to worship. She has turned them towards idolatry. And it gets so bad that they do some construction in the city of Jericho. They put in a new gate. And just like we would, they think, well, we ought to dedicate this gate, right? You build a new thing, you lay a dedication stone, you have a ceremony. And so they get ready to dedicate the gate at Jericho. And to do that, they choose children and offer them as sacrifices to Baal at the foot of the gate. Last week, when we were with Rehoboam and Jeroboam, things were dire in Israel politically. This week. Things are dire religiously. There is no truth prevailing. There is no pure worship of God. There are not people whose hearts love the Lord and the Lord alone. Enter into this scene, Elijah. Now, we all really like Elijah as a prophet. I know that. If you have any experience in Pentecostal circles, you know that people often say that it is the spirit of Elijah that's going to be poured out on the last days so that people might prophesy in truth. We love Elijah. He bears this faithful witness. He is a powerful character. He speaks truth no matter what. And because we so respect his faith, I think we sort of lose sight of who Elijah is. After all, he's the prophet who, when Ahab sees him coming, he goes, ah, the troublemaker of Israel. Because Elijah isn't like other prophets. Remember how Jeremiah, that young boy who's called, he has this nice little call story to becoming a prophet. He's a young man, and God speaks to him, and Jeremiah very respectably gives his life over to God. The story is very nice and pleasant and makes you feel good. Not so much with Elijah. He just sort of shows up in the Bible. He comes out from under the brush and he's raving about Jesus, right? Because that's who he's speaking about in the Old Testament. He is raving about this Lord character. No nice little call story. No neat, tidy, respectable background. Oh, yeah, I'm sure he's loud. You know who else he's not like? He's not like Nathan. You know the prophet Nathan? He was David's prophet. You'll remember when David takes Bathsheba as a wife, it is Nathan who calls David out. So Nathan can speak truth as a prophet, but he's also the court prophet, which means he lives there with the king. It means he gets all those nice, fancy waters to bathe in, He's robed in those good-looking clothes, right? He's very respectable. He comes with the king. He, you know, tightens his tie up and looks real pretty. Elijah is not looking real pretty. Elijah is described as a woolly man. A woolly man. It makes me kind of think about John the Baptist, you know, the one who lives in the wilderness eating locusts and honey and just covering that one little piece of loincloth. That man that we think is a little bit raving mad, yeah, that's Elijah too. He's living outside of society. He's living off the land, and he just shows up loud to speak truth. And do you remember how when Isaiah spoke truth, it's this beautiful poetry We read from the book of Isaiah all the time. He speaks so well. And we recorded it for chapter after chapter. We named a whole book after him because he spoke so well. Yeah, Elijah doesn't speak well. 
There's no beautiful words from him. There's sarcasm. There's witty one-liners. There's jokes at the expense of the people he's speaking to. But there's not beautiful poetic language. Elijah is a little rough around the edges. He's the kind of person that would make us nervous today, don't you think? He's the kind of person that if he rang your doorbell, you might look out your blinds and not open the door. Because you don't know what you're going to get with Elijah, that woolly, kind of stinky, unwashed, hairy, loud guy. <laughs> I like him too. Because, you know, he's not even the kind of guy that we would take notice of, right? He's the kind of guy you might cross the street to get away from. Or he's the kind of guy sitting on the street that doesn't even register in your line of sight. He's certainly not the man that you go to when you're looking to transform a nation. He's not the man that you call when you need a leader. And yet he is the man God calls when God needed a leader. It is out of Elijah's mouth and by his faithful life that the people of God are convicted. It is out of his mouth, out of his faithful life, that God is able to open their eyes. It is out of his mouth and out of his faithful life that the people return to the Lord. We, my dear Christian brothers and sisters, we are the people of God. We, we need to be on the lookout for our Elijahs, don't we? We need to be on the lookout for the people whose mouths God is opening to speak to us, to convict us, to show us his mighty power. We need to be on the lookout, not just for the unlikely people, because there's unlikely characters in the Bible. There's David, you know, the runt of the litter. There's, you know, Moses, a, a former slave boy. But not just the unlikely characters. We need to be on the lookout for the downright scandalous people that God is using to speak his word of truth and to draw us back to him. Because we are the people of God, and believe it or not, Elijah stands before us today asking us the very same question that he asked thousands of years ago. Can you hear his voice in this quiet? How much longer will you waver? hobbling between two opinions. How much longer? You see, all around Elijah, people are stuck between trusting God and trusting something else. Jezebel, she's brought in all her idols to the country. And the people, they're trying to trust God. You know, this is the time of the sacrifice of the oblation or the time they make their sacrifice where they renew their yearly covenant with the Lord. It's, it's their loyalty sacrifice. So they've showed up to do their yearly worship to God. They're trying to trust God. But day in, day out, where they go to pray when they need something done, the people they really put their trust in, they're idols made of wood and stone. They are hobbling between two opinions. And Elijah is asking, how long will you waver? Ahab is king, king over the people who are meant to worship God. And yet he too has an idol. His idol is his wife, Jezebel. He has turned her into his idol. She may not be made of wood and stone, but he trusts her and her leadership and her worship more than he trusts the worship of the one true God. She is his idol, and Elijah wants to know how long, how long will you waver between her and your God? And my dear people of God, we too, we too have idols, don't we? We too profess with our lips that we trust God. We too show up when we're supposed to, to worship God. 
but do we in our hearts trust him before anything or anyone else? In the face of uncertainty, when we do not see clearly where this church is going, when we cannot see clearly what is happening to the people that we love, when all around us the world is uncertain, do we trust God? Or do we trust in something else? Do we trust in the name on the building and grace design? Or do we trust in the second half of the name, United Methodist? Do we trust in the safety nets of other organizations, of, of exit strategies? Do we trust in grants and endowments that will help fund the church? Do we trust in, in, in doctors and in, and in healers and in charms? Do we trust in God? Or do we trust in the things of our own creation? How long? Oh, church, how long can we waver? How long can we be on the brink of putting our full trust in God? How long can we hobble between the two opinions? How long can we straddle a full commitment to the Lord and his work with a readiness to, to jump to safety and flee in a boat of our own making when the storm gets too rough. We, we may not worship Baal. There are no statues to him in this sanctuary. But we certainly have idols of our own making. And let me tell you, they are idols that have no life in them. Idols that we have woven together. Idols that we think will keep us safe when being a people that is held in the palm of God's hand somehow gets too exposed, too dangerous for us. We go crying to those idols to offer something we think that the hands of God cannot. We too have idols. How much longer? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. No one can serve two masters. Where you put your trust, that is your master. Make no mistake. There are things in this world that will tell us that we are safe, that we are secure, that we are established, and that our name will endure long after our bodies fade. Those things lie. Those things have a powerful grasp on our hearts. Money, families, titles, institutions, they all have a feeling of permanence about them, a feeling of security when our bodies are so fragile. And yet in our time of need, my dear brothers and sisters, when we are crying out over and over again, when we need to see a miracle and we need to see divine power rain down and light a fire for us, there is no reply of any kind. Perhaps, perhaps we just need to shout louder. That's what Elijah might tell us. Perhaps you're just not yelling loud enough or long enough. For surely those things cannot fail you. Surely they have the power that you have made them out to have. Or, or maybe your idols are off daydreaming or, or relieving themselves. Or maybe they're on vacation. We all need a break sometimes. Or maybe they're just asleep, got that extra hour, and they still need to be awakened. Oh, yeah. Forget 450 prophets crying out. Church, you know the whole world cries out like this. The whole world cries out to false idols. The whole world spends days 
yelling and screaming and going so far as to wound themselves and those we love in an attempt to find some semblance of security in the face of an uncertain future. But listen to the prophet Elijah, because there is no reply when you call to idols. The world is uncertain. It's a fact. Our futures are uncertain. Individually, as families, as a church, as an institution, the world is uncertain. And we don't like it. Not just you, secretly not liking it alone. I don't like it. I don't like it when things are uncertain. We don't like it. But it's the way it will always be. But of a few things we can be sure. I am sure that when we cry, cry for security, cry for safety, cry for a future to idols that we have made with our own hands, I am sure there will be no reply. You can spend years building your idols. You can spend years weaving your plans to make sure that when the storm comes, you are safe. That in times of trouble, you will be cared for. But when the time of trial comes, when you need a miraculous presence, I am sure if you cry to idols, there will be no response. But I am also sure that there is one Lord who is God, who will answer that in your time of trial, when you need to see proof that there is a God who loves you and who cares for you, a God in whose hands your future is held, a God whose hands hold the future of this Church, I am sure in the face of an uncertain future that that Lord will answer. Only the Lord will answer. Only the Lord can save us. Not a name of a church. Not an exit plan. Not an endowment. Not a title not a family, only the Lord can save us. The Lord has made his presence known. He has made it known through generations. He made it known on the Mount of Carmel and fire. He made it known in Jesus Christ on the cross on a hill. He has made it known for our ancestors and my dear brothers and sisters. The presence of the Lord is before you this very day. He is inviting you to be part of this mighty power. He is saying to you, how long? How long will you waver? How long will you hobble between two opinions? But we need not waver. We need not hobble. We need not tarry. The presence of the Lord is here. Here on this altar, in the bread and in the cup, as surely as the presence of the Lord was in the fire on the altar of Mount Carmel. We are in the presence of God. So come and trust the Lord. Will you join me as we celebrate communion together? Page 12 in your hymn. Christ our Lord invites to his altar, this table, all of you who love him, who earnestly repent of your sin and who seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. 
We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. We have not heard the cry of the needy. So thus we pray and free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth, God of Abraham and Sarah, God of Miriam and Moses, God of Joshua and Deborah, God of Ruth and David, God of the priests and the prophets, God of Mary and Joseph, God of the apostles and the martyrs, God of our mothers and our fathers. God of our children for all generations. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join in their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna is the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from the slavery of sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, he gave thanks to you, he broke the bread and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup. He gave thanks to you. He gave it to his disciples, and he said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Christ Jesus, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we might be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. Renew, God, our communion with your saints. We give you thanks for their witness, which so often, like Elijah, challenged us and called us back to faith. We remember them now, especially those that we name before you. Hallie Creasy. Margaret Marshall. Linda Schiffer, I would ask you to list up other names of saints that you would like to remember for the work that they have done in your life in bringing you back to faith.
pray, darling. Are there any other names that you would like to lift up? These are the saints who have shaped us as believers. They are pastors and priests and prophets and teachers, encouragers who have borne witness 
that God is Lord, the one true God. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, strengthen us, Lord, to run with perseverance the race that is before us, looking to Jesus as the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. By your spirit, God, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast with all your saints at his heavenly banquet. Through your son, Jesus Christ, with your Holy Spirit and your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Now with the confidence of children of God, let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake in a sharing of the one loaf. And the cup over which we all give thanks is a sharing in the one blood of Christ. This time I would like to invite forward um, Nancy and Michael who will be helping me serve. Um, today, as we remember that we are all one people of God, we will be taking communion by intention. So I will tear some bread for you and you will dip it in the chalice that Michael will be holding. You are welcome um, to kneel um, and pray at the altar if you feel so led. Um, if you have a problem with intention in any way, like the bread crumbles under the cup or, you know, any of those usual things, um, just come back. I'll give you another piece of bread. We want to make sure everyone can participate. Come forward to the table of the Lord.
Let us pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you give yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give of ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. As we stand to sing together our um, closing hymn, I have been informed once again that I'm on a different musical background than you all. Um, so the song is I Come With Joy. Um, it is a joyful hymn that we celebrate Communion Sunday. So I invite you to stand with joy and confidence and know that you come to meet God whether or not you know the words. So will you rise? <laughs> And may that be our prayer for this week, that we go forward to live and to speak the praise of Jesus Christ. And now may the peace of the Lord be with you all. Amen. Amen.